Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. If you believe that, give me an amen. Amen. All right, can you just greet somebody beside you? Three people actually. Okay, four. Okay, make it five. Let it not be Tell the person, welcome to a new season again. Tell somebody, happy new year. All right, I I can see you are happy to see the people. So greet them very well. All right, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Now before we take our seats, let's take our declaration of understanding. Do it like you want this year to be very good, all right? (laughs) The Lord is good. All right, once let's go now, I declare. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Those words are confirmed in your life again this year in Jesus' name. Amen. 2023, the word will come to you fresher than ever before. Amen. In a heavier dose, because you can take it. Amen. Than ever before. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And this is your year of testimonies. Amen. Many people believe that Jesus was going to come then. That the Messiah was coming. You know, some people saw it. Many things you have believed, this year you will see them. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I believe that. I believe that God will do it for us. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take our seats. The Lord is good. Hallelujah. It's a new year, man. It's a new season. New things are happening. Everywhere. All over the world. The spirit is moving <laughs> right here in our midst, like the prophet said he should be. All of our lives, there's a mighty revelation of the glory of the Lord as the water covered the sea. Hallelujah. Uh, I changed a few words here and there just to. Hallelujah. <laughs> the Lord is good. It's nice to see you again this um, new year, 2023. Um, if anyone is listening to this, you should understand that in Kingdom World Ministries, we had to take a long break. So we had our last meeting here over 30 days ago, I think around the first term. Today's what? 10. Okay, about, about a, a month ago, yes. All right. So we did. So that's why we are so excited. Uh, about this. Now, today is Tuesday and it's customarily our school of prayer. Um, I don't know whether, yeah, this is a school of prayer topic. How I word it exactly, I'm not absolutely certain, but I'll, um, I'll look for a, um, a phrase or short sentence to use in a moment to describe what I want to begin to share today. I don't know how long I'll be on it. It can be just today, but let's see. But what I want to teach on is the refuge that the Lord is to us. 
is the refuge that the Lord is to us. Maybe I should just title it, The Lord is Our Refuge. The Lord is Our Refuge. The Lord is Our Refuge. What's a refuge? It's a place, the other word, the hiding place. It's a place of defense. Do you understand? You know, um, when there's trouble, it's very common in the north, but I found that in the south, even, even governors do it. You understand what I'm about to tell you? When there's trouble, they run to the military barracks. Yeah. <laughs> very common in the north. Usually when Christ is about to start, people will run and go and stay in the barracks. Okay? The soldiers will let them in. There's nowhere to sleep. They sleep on the field. They sleep with friends. They sleep in open spaces everywhere. Why? They struggle outside. So in that situation, of course, usually because some armed men are attacking people, so the reaction is to run to a place of refuge, a place where you'll be defended, a place where trouble will not be able to reach you. That is what a place of refuge is. That's what a refuge is, where you go for safety. Yeah, and that's a way to summarize it. It's a place where you go for safety, where you know you are well defended, where you are well protected. Now, but you see, I did a small, just short count, because I've been, this has been on my mind for some days, that when we start, I will start with this. But just uh, this afternoon, I did a short count in the book of uh, Psalms alone. I just looked for the word refuge, just from a concordance, just search. And it popped up at least about 40 times. It actually gave me 42 or so, but I know some of them are headings, all right? But where the Bible says the Lord is our refuge, or it says I have made the Lord my refuge, it's about 40 times in the book of Psalms. Now, I want to just pick a few to use to teach. But there were so many. Of course, I had to pick a few. But it's recurrent. It's recurrent for the Bible to continually tell us that... It, now, this is just Psalms. I did not go to Genesis. I did not go to Exodus. Anywhere else in the law. All right? Or the prophets. I just went to the Psalms alone. And I found about 40 of them. All of them saying about the same thing. Now, why am I talking about it now? Yeah, because of what's going on around. Now, you know, in this life, there will always be trouble. You know what Jesus said? In this world, you will have tribulations. It's not, um, watch out, there may be sometime. You will have. You will have. He said, but. Now, never forget, there's always a but. What does but mean? It means that the natural thing is not your own reaction. It's not supposed to be your reaction. But means something will be different. Contrary to normal expectation or popular expectation, you should experience something different. That's what but means. All right? So you say, but you, be of good cheer. Why? I have overcome the world. Now you will see, that but is what I want to emphasize. That but is very important to the Lord. When things happen, okay, let me, <laughs> let me just tell um, before I came today, I saw somebody's resignation letter. Who's resigning? One of our young, one of our young doctors resigned. All right? So, end of this month, he's going again. And I laughed. In fact, I had a session with some new resident doctors. And I told them that, please, when you want to leave, please give us notice, please. I didn't say if. I know. <laughs> I said when. And I made a joke. I said, if you leave without telling us, thunder, eh? <laughs> we catch. <laughs> but what I'm talking about is the fact that, that they will, it's just expected. Why? Of course, Jesus said something like this. Maybe I should start with that. Luke chapter 21. Now, Jesus was answering a particular question. 
And um, I just want to read the question, then I'll jump to the area I want. It said, the question him saying, verse 7, Teacher, when therefore will these things happen? And what will be the sign when these things are about to take place? And he said to them, See that you are not misled, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he. Now go to verse 10. Then he continued by saying to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom will rise against kingdom. And there will be great earthquakes, and in various places, plagues and famines. And there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. But before all these things, they will lay hands on you and will persecute you. He said they will bring you to synagogues and all of that. Verse 13, he said it will, be, it will lead to a great opportunity for your testimony. So in verse 14, he says, so make up your minds not to prepare beforehand to defend yourselves. For I will give you utterance and wisdom which none of your opponents will be able to resist or refute. Now, please, again, I'm going to jump to us to save time. Let me just go on quickly to the area I want. I just wanted to give us a, um, a background. In verse 25, he now says there will be signs in sun and moon and stars. And on the earth, dismay among nations. In perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves. Men fainting from fear and the expectation of the things which are coming upon the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, verse 27 is in parentheses, actually. The continuation there is verse 28. But when these things begin to take place, that is, before you see the Son and all of that, that is, Son of Man coming, when these things begin to take place, straighten up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Now, please, notice two forms of reactions there. There will be signs in the moon. There will be signs in the sun and stars. There will be dismay among nations, different things. First reaction, verse 26. You see men fainting from fear. That's number one reaction. Fainting from fear and the expectation. They faint from the expectation of the things which are coming upon the world. Second reaction. You, however, when this is begin to take place, what was your reaction supposed to be? Straighten up, lift up your heads. Why? You understand that your redemption is drawing near. That is, anytime we see things, the interpretation is what makes the difference between the believer and the person who does not believe. Understanding is so crucial to life. You must understand that. That is, knowing what is going on is very crucial to live in. How you react to things is based on the understanding. That's why the Bible says that you must be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, sometimes I look at what's going on in our environment. Of course, nothing new. But it, it, it amazes me at how much Christians don't have understanding. In fact, my own reaction was that I said this year, I will, you saw, say, well, Pastor Bang, you've been teaching all these years. I said this year, I will teach more than ever before. And that's not a joke. In addition to the one I've been doing, eh? I'm adding another one or two streams of you know, stri- multiple streams of income. I'm adding two streams of outcome, <laughs> two, spri- two st- output of distribution. I'm adding yeah, two streams. Seriously, in addition to all of this, one, yes, I need to because the degree when you hear Christians talk, sometimes I I shudder. I like what? 
So this is how much people don't know. The one that they say the most, all right, that worries me the most, is this idea of anything happens, it is because the president is not doing this. The president is not doing that. Now, please, people have labeled me APC pastor because of this. I tell them that's very ignorant of you because I was a PDP pastor ahead of time. Are you getting my point? Because the, whether I'm a PDP, APC, Labour Party, NNPP, APGA, Accord, depends on who's president. According to you, not me. All right? You that's giving me names. Because I interpret things from scripture. But when I don't join people in castigating and you know, insulting the head of state, they assume I am supporting but you see, go and read your scriptures, and you can go and listen to our series on Ecclesiastes, which is on our, on our website. You can, about 11 or 13 messages, not very sure of this exact number now. I explained it there. There's what Solomon calls fools. Please listen to this. Solomon said, anger lies in the bosom of fools. When he calls people fools, it doesn't mean you're a mental retard. That's not what it means. What it just means is that you are ignorant of what is going on around. And the example I give that, and so people won't feel insulted, that if you come to a hospital as an example to come and see a doctor, all right, maybe you or a relative needs attention. Now, you ask a lot of questions because you are medically, please, no insult intended, you are medically a fool, according to Solomon. Do you get my point? So it has happened, just to give an illustration, when it's anger lies in the bosom of fools. Now, back home, the home I grew up in, one day I went to my hostelies. I think I just finished school that time. Yes, it was shortly after I finished um, a university. So I was already working as a house officer or something, all right, working as a doctor. So I came home one day. I was lying down in the room in the house or in the sitting room. And some, some people lived in the apartment next to ours. So they just, I just had the gate open, and somebody, a woman I recognized, walked in. Next door is a nurse, all right, a nurse. So, somebody walked in. I could hear the noise, the, a bit of commotion, and they brought a sick child to come and see the nurse next door. And was it, they were coming from a hospital. Listen to this. Oh. They were coming from a hospital where they saw a specialist doctor, and they left there and came to come and see the nurse next door. An experienced nurse, quite all right. Mostly, she did mostly of public health. So, when the commotion happened, my mom got up and stepped out. Like, what is going on? I was sitting inside and lying down on the couch or in the bedroom somewhere, but I could hear everything. And that woman began to talk. <laughs> the, let's make a long story short. She said it in a loud voice, angrily. Anger lies where? This bosom of fools, of the ignorant, yes. When they don't know what's happening, they get angry anyhow. And this boy collapsed. They came from a neighboring town, they traveled. Then he fell sick. They took him for treatment. Then when he came back to town now, the boy suddenly collapsed. And they now rushed him to this nearby hospital where a, specialty, a surgeon actually was working. And that the man, after they paid, don't listen, they paid. After they finished everything, the man didn't give them anything. You know what I said? That is, he administered no treatment to the young lad. And he told them to go home. That's all they said. And my mother was listening, like trying to show, you know, concern. As long as that woman hit that, of course, so because of that, when the sick people, I think her neighbor, when they got back home, they said, come, let's go and see my sister, who's a nurse, who knows what to do. Don't mind that doctor who does not know what to do. <laughs> so it was in that, the, 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 the gyration, thank you, which they were coming in that caused all this um, uh, commotion. Was well, so my mom stopped them, like, what's going on? 
And then she heard the story. And then I was overhearing inside. Anger lies where? People who don't know what's going on. Lying down there inside the house, I just raised my voice. And at that, I, began, I think I came out. I said, let me tell you what happened. Now, what I told is all I heard. I said, that young boy has malaria. You took him to the hospital. They gave him a chloroquine injection. And those days, typically, chloroquine injection is administered along with what we call an antihistamine, like Fenegar. Many of us know that. And one of the reactions in Fenegar's in kids, it knocks them out. Look, if I don't like it, using it in children for that reason. I said, so when he got home, that's why he collapsed. And you rush him to a doctor who understood. And when he heard the story, of course, to see him, you have to pay. He's not a pastor. Yeah, it's people don't understand because the pastor sees them feel like they make their body they hot, you know, like <laughs> they provoke. Of course, so they paid. And then when he listened to the story of what happened, he examined the boy and decided that there was nothing wrong with him. Take him home, let him sleep. And after a few hours, he's going to wake up and be perfectly fine. Now, I just told them like that. I was waiting for them to say I said something wrong. Everything I said was correct. Yeah, malaria, right? Yes. You took him, so they gave him, yes. I said, was that what the doctor told you? They were not looking like the kind of people that anger lies in their bosom. Are you getting my point? They were looking at me like this. I said, please, this is a problem with you people, human beings who don't know. And which, just by the way, that's why a lot of doctors treat anyhow. They know the thing to do, but they say, if I do it, you won't believe me. So when you finish, next time a patient comes like that, they will lock you down, put drip in your hand, put two injections that has water, one that has glucose, give you like four, then add to your bill. Then you go and say, man, baban likita. That doctor is something else. The guy did nothing for you. Now, why did I tell the story, all right? You see, that's what Bible when it says that anger lies in the bosom of fools. So when you don't have understanding, you shout a lot. Now, back to what I was saying, where I began all of that. You want to know the truth? 99% of commentators on public issues in Nigeria don't know anything. They don't, they don't know what they're talking about. It's sad. They don't even, I'm not talking about whether they have faith or they don't have faith. They don't even, they don't even know what is happening. We said, the is expensive. Then when this was climbing, that's the problem with this APC government. Then you ask them, do you know the price of diesel in Ghana? They don't know. Have you checked the price of the same diesel in UK? Have you gone to the US to check and compare the rise, whether it's local to this nation or it isn't? Do you know they have no idea? I've heard people who are supposed to know wanted to prove to me how bad the government is. They, will show, they want to show the price of Naira against the dollar five years ago and what is the exchange rate as at today. And I look at the same person and said, can you please tell me the change in Naira against the Turkish lira? No idea. Against the Ghanaian CD? No idea. Against the Japanese yen? No idea. Against the um, UK pound? No idea. Against the euro? No idea. You check it like that, they have no idea. They are not aware that most currencies worldwide crashed against the dollar apart from the ruble. They are not aware. When you talk like this, you are defending the government. I say, I've just given you facts. Yeah, you hear things like that happening over the place. And they now say to you as if you are, I'm not defending the government. I say, but please, when you want to talk, be very rational. No, at least have information. Let me put it like this. Don't be a fool. Don't be a fool. That's what I just ask people. Don't be. The example I give once in a while, of course, to emphasize this, is when the petroleum industry bill 
was passed and it was now waiting for it to be signed into law by the president. And people were raising prayer points everywhere. And they said, pray against injustice. Can I take a small digression? I'm talking to Christians. Please stop behaving like an oppressed person. Stop behaving like a victim. Please do not have a defeated person's mentality. I see it a lot around, and it's sad. And please, I'm preaching in Enugu, so I'll say it. I've moved around Nigeria a bit. It's worse in eastern Nigeria. I've never seen any region where you talk to the average person on the road. He behaves like that. Everybody's after me. A friend of mine gave me the reason why. He said it's a fallout of the civil war. And I understood. He was, he's from Anambra here. He explained it to me. I said, okay. You put it in perspective. I'm talking to Christians. Get out of it. Just get out of it. So why, why when did that? So they said, please, pray against that petroleum industry bill. It's oppression. Why? Listen to this. That's why I said don't do it. The North. I was talking to some people the other day about this election. The North will never allow it. I said, who is called the North? I said, do you realize you fear this, the North, more than you fear God. This so-called North has more power as far as you are concerned than God. For your information, up in the North, some people are also saying, the South, and you know there's nothing like the South. You know now. You know the Southeast, you know Southwest, you know South-South. Nobody can persuade that everything is called the South. So it is up there too. But please don't feel, I don't, one, one word I've never used in my life, since I started hearing scriptures, I'm talking in more than 30 years. When we use the word the masses, I've never felt for a second I'm part of the masses. I've never had the ability to feel it. Never. When I was coming to Enugu 20-something years ago, I came in the year 2000. I was in Lagos. People said, you are going to the east. Ah, you know the way Nigeria is. I said, ah, it's Nigeria. You have to stay amongst your people, though. Who are my people? Those are the questions I asked. He said, when you go there, you know you are not from there. I said, so? Was Joseph from Egypt? That was my question. I used to answer people like that. I said, Joseph was not an Egyptian, yet he was favored. I said, the the Lord surrounds the righteous with favor as with a shield. Without me pronouncing it, I knew that there was a Judgment, a curse of the Lord protecting me, fired against anyone who would discriminate against me on tribal grounds. I don't know how I knew it, but I came confident about that. But listen to me, forget the curse. I have been blessed. I have been favored. People have been good to me in this land. I dare to say I have found more favor than the average indigenous of this region. I have found. I'm not, that's not, I'm not just trying to talk sweet. I'm giving you facts. I have been favored. Uh-uh. I have been favored. You can give explanations for the favor, but that's your problem. The truth is that favor. How many times people say, don't worry, just go and ask. They will do that for you. People say, like, ah, they know you. Now, it's not you. They will do it. Oh, just go to Mosuka. Get to this person. Ask for this person. Don't worry. There are nice people there. There have been times people annoyed me and they did me bad. I refused to drink the poison pill and say it is because of my tribe. 
If I say it, I place a curse on the individual if it is true. Why would I want to say that? I mean, I knew, I knew that it wasn't true anyway. Yet, do you know, I have seen people, hmm? their own fight, you do something against them, they say it's because they are from Anambra. I have seen people in Enugu here say the reason why they are being discriminated against is because they are from Enugu. No, you didn't hear what I said. The person is in Enugu. And he said that they did not give him that job in University of Nigeria because he's from Enugu. And I said, but they did not give the other guy, that guy is from Anambra. The other guy didn't get it from Emu. Please, I need to just finish that gist. I reported this particular matter to another guy who also is from Enugu. I said, I talked to your friend. He said, he didn't get this job because he's from Enugu. The guy said, what nonsense. That the head of that establishment at that time took me by hand. He's also from Enugu. And that head was from Anambra. Took me by hand and dragged me to the place where he ensured that I got the job. He said, what nonsense is he say? So, so many of these we interpret. We are the problem, not this happening around. When we don't have any ex- other explanation, we we'll look for the common Nigerian nonsense and we'll repeat it. People who fail the exam, they say, they didn't take me because they know I'm not from their place. You see their score. Say me, I won't take yourself. <laughs> the Lord is good. Now, I'm talking about the fact that people should don't have that oppressed I'm oppressed mentality. God has set you free. Walk in the knowledge of that freedom. Back to Angalai in the bosom of fools. So they said the petroleum industry bill is designed to, you know, benefit the north as against the south. Pray against it. It will not stand in just... I replied to where the prayer points have been circulated. I said, I do not know about the petroleum industry. I don't know about the petroleum industry. And I was operating in Nigeria. So it would be wrong of me to be praying against things I don't understand. Anger lies in the bosom of what? Fools. People are ignorant about an issue. Then I met a brother who knows the industry. He works in the industry. He's been there for maybe more than 20 years. I asked him, he said, are those people Nigerians? Do they love this country? And he's from South South. He said, no, this is what we have been praying for God to do for us for over 20 years. Finally, he's doing it. Why would anybody pray against it? Anger lies in the bosom of fools. I'm telling you, 99% of Nigerians who comment on issues, they don't have understanding. They don't even know what is going on. President Buhari will say something. They don't know why he said it. But since he's the one that said it, it must be bad. I hear, I don't want to take us away into some of the things I hear, but my own pain is that I hear Christians do it and it's painful. When Christians do the same things, it just hurts me. God will send saviors to people and they will crucify the savior. They won't even allow him to do anything good for them because of ignorance. Listen to me. I know what's going on in the world right now. I observe everything, especially in Nigeria. I've been saying it for at least for a few years 
the world is suffering the judgment of God. Is that what I said? There's the wrath of God is upon the people. Not the people alone, but the peoples. Please learn to descend the anger of God. Learn to descend it. You should know it. Take a country like ours. What we should be doing is praying for the mercy of God to be activated. Because the violence you see, you see it's not uniform in, in cause. You go to a certain part, they say it's Boko Haram. I read today that the president said he has cleared Boko Haram from a particular region. He's not lying. He did. The next thing they say is ISIS. Those ones are different from Boko Haram, actually. The next you hear one, they say it's bandits. What do they mean by bandits? Those guys are doing it for the money. And in case you don't know, they're not attacking you because of religion. Bandits don't care whether you're a Christian, a Muslim, or a pagan. They, are, they just care whether they'll make money from cutting your head. That's all. So they steal cows. They steal cattle. They steal crops, that is, grain. They steal anything. They steal goats. And they will kidnap human beings for money. It manifests as violence. You come down south, you hear of headsmen attacks between headsmen and farmers. It's still the same violence. And you go read the scripture. All right? The Bible makes it clear. That's what the Bible calls God turning the heart of the Egyptian against that of his neighbor. So there's, an, there's a rider on the horse that will make men kill one another. I hope you're getting my point. It manifests in different ways. You go to certain states, not too far away from here. Once you're a big man, they start shooting you. The former uh, governor of Imo, they, almost, they killed four of his security men a few days ago. And he was in a car with his, wife, with his son and his daughter. And if they had gotten them, they would have killed everybody. But it was in a bulletproof vehicle, and his driver was smart. They, I know of a driver that jumped down from the bulletproof vehicle and ran. <laughs> yeah. His boss had a bulletproof vehicle. They were shooting at them. He was running. Then at the point that he couldn't run, he abandoned his boss and his bulletproof vehicle, opened the door, jumped out. <laughs> yes, really. That was about, is it last year or two years ago? But this one, good enough. He had a good presence of mind. He refused to stop. They shot at this time. He said, look, I have this run something tires. He kept on moving. He actually outran the guys. They were pursuing him. He got to a particular juncture. He maneuvered. He lost them. He turned one. They didn't know the direction he went. They went the other direction. That's not enough. No, so you see the violence. Different. Back in my hometown, curfew. Right now, 24 hours in a particular section of the town. Why? A group that said they are loyal to one traditional ruler. They are fighting another group loyal to another traditional ruler. And the governor said, in the trace of peace, 24 hours coffee. Everybody stay in your house. So I called my mom. Good enough. She traveled. Now, when you see things like that, please stop pointing fingers at one person. You should know that the president. Whoever is in charge is as much a victim right now as everybody else. If he had the power, he would end it. So don't talk as if you don't focus on a man. You can't do that. And if you're a believer, that focus offends the Lord. Let me say that again. The fact that you are mentioning one person's name. What's wrong with this head of state? Where's the chief of army staff? God starts getting angry. He said, if I cause trouble, who can give peace? And if I give quietness, who can cause trouble? I hope you're getting my point. What God wants is for us to recognize that. Anger lies in the bosom of people who don't know. People who are ignorant. People who do, who have, someone calls them fools. 
They don't understand spiritual things. So they are focused all the time is on whoever is there. Like Elihu said, they don't say, where is God my maker? So please remember, there's trouble everywhere. That's what I'm going to emphasize. And Christians should know where troubles arise from. They should also understand how to react to troubles, which is what I'm teaching about. That is how to protect themselves from trouble. There's something that God did for me recently. Well, I want to like understand it. Well, I learned it out of desperation, actually. When I say desperation, I like, when you hear news, you know, sometimes you get overwhelmed. I realize that every time I get overwhelmed like that, I just drop down on my knees. You know, a lot of people in my age bracket, all right? I don't consider myself an old man yet. Do I look like an old man? Yet, if you know some people, and this is what I know, if you know the rate of drop dead, drop dead, that I've seen the last one year or so. All the people I'm talking about, in fact, two of my classmates dropped dead in the last two years. Oh, three. Two of them close to me in age. Tap, tap, tap. One in Nigeria, one in North America. So, don't say that health, you see, that's a problem in your country. Health cashes, this guy was in his own, he was in a clinic in Canada, and he dropped dead. He's a doctor, he was in the hospital, and he dropped, and he died. I greeted him, hey, good night, I'll see you tomorrow, bye-bye. And then following that, I got a call. You know that guy's unconscious? I said, no, no, I saw him yesterday. How can he be unconscious? He simply passed me yesterday in traffic. Ah, no, something happened, this one happened. Let us pray. It became a matter of let us pray. Why did I talk about health issues? Many of you I'm telling you about, hmm? they have who monitor everything about their health. What they eat, what they don't eat. They check their blood sugar, blood pressure. I just used to ask, who used to check Abraham's blood pressure? That's what I just used to ask myself. They check this. One man was telling me, but how you go for checkup, you go for checkup, as if he will live forever. I looked at him and said, oh God. In that country, that was talking about UK. How things work in UK, I'm looking at it and say, sir, how many is in the UK that, uh, is it uh, Timothy Reed, whatever his name is, made us hide removing our shoes at the airport because he managed to get onto a plane with the bombs in his shoes. They must walk out. You. I look, that day I had an argument with this old man. I said, okay, this is what I say. Life is not like that. Then one day he had two strokes. One on the right and one on the left. The left one is aggravated by the treatment of the right one. And the right one is aggravated by the treatment of the left one. Leaving the doctors with no option but to be watching. See, when I talk the way I do, it's both from reading scripture and from seeing life. I've read scriptures, read the scriptures, I've seen life. I've realized there's no way to hide but in God. That is why the Bible calls, keeps on calling him our refuge, our hiding place, our high tower. These are the words he uses to describe God for us. 
you will hear the most high is our dwelling place. The most high is our refuge. You keep on hearing what that the Lord is our refuge. The Lord is my refuge. I will hide in him. You keep on hearing that. There's a reason why. There's nowhere else to hide. You know, I thought about this world. I thought seriously about this world. Sometimes I have paper in my hand. Hmm? Paper. They cut it rectangular. They painted it. I go to a filling station and I give them the paper. And they give me fuel. That paper is called what? Money. Sometimes I look at the paper. I say, they can call you any name they like. This is paper. Why come you are getting me fuel? You want to know the truth? Because the Lord said, give Banky fuel. So the angel said, all right, Banky, go and get fuel. So they gave me pieces of paper to exchange. See, it's all delusion. Nobel Prize for Physics, the last one, late last year, was given to two men who proved that the universe is not real. That's how I'm going to summarize it. Go and Google it up. universe is not real. And I burst into laughter. Actually, somebody sent a picture to my class group. Showed the earth as a small, tiny, you know, dot. Not too much of a dot. A small pebble, something like that. With the sun in the background. And they put an arrow, you live here. Now that's how small the earth is compared to the sun. So I reminded him, I said, ah, he said, Banky, does this shock you? He said, no, he said, this makes you think. I said, it's not making me think. I always knew. So let me make it more dramatic. Everything you have shown us now, that's the whole solar system. Compared to our Milky Way galaxy, it's like a grain of rice on the Pacific Ocean. Go figure, like Americans will say. And our Milky Way galaxy is one out of over 200 billion galaxies in the observable universe. Don't think too much about it. Your brain may have problems. So... Now, so when he said that, Banky, does it make you reflect? I said, it doesn't let me reflect on anything. I said, are you aware that the last Nobel Prize of Physics was given to two men who proved that the quantum theory is true, which proves that the universe is only there because we are here to observe it. Trust me, human beings are bigger than the whole universe put together. If we're not here, there's no universe. That's hard to digest, but trust me, it's the word of God also. <laughs> I'm not going to say something here. Nobody should scare me with anything. I have found out there's nothing out there that's as big as the Lord. There is nothing. Absolutely nothing. So when, some, when I have money and it buys fuel, I will not labor for money because of that. I will give the Lord thanks. And if I need something else, I will ask him also. Then he will send pieces of paper. And if he doesn't want to send pieces of paper, he will send pieces of digital <laughs> But the thing will come. Now, now I'm talking about what's going on around. So in this world right now, wala day, there's trouble. There's insecurity. How do we react? We saw two reactions. Some people's like, their hearts will fail them. See, look at the trouble that's going to come. People sometimes tell me, how can somebody make this kind of decision? They've seen people who had a lot of money, had houses, and settled in Nigeria. They sold everything so they can go to North America or go to UK. In case you don't know, you know why UK is going everywhere, looking for everything? People will not believe this. It's poverty. When you don't have nurses, you don't have doctors, 
You don't have teachers. You are poor. But because we don't know it, we will enrich you by offering you ourselves. Yeah, people don't know that. If you know the truth, you know nobody's rich. They have to create the facade of we are wealthy for you so that you will come and make them wealthy. So that the so-called good healthcare will be delivered by you. The so-called good school system will be delivered by you. Right now, heads of schools in the UK are in Lagos meeting with Nigerian parents. Yeah, do you read the news? Heads of schools in the UK, they've come to Lagos to come and cajole us to bring our children. They need the money. Just, just don't read news. Don't, don't then anger line your bosom. <laughs> At least know what is going on. They've gathered, they've come to, come to recruit. They're throwing doors open. I, like my wife said, she said how, how I wish you can just say, mm, we are not coming. Let all of us just say, mm. Just for two years, say we are not coming. You know the truth? Nobody can save you. Nobody can save me. Nobody can save anybody. Nobody can. When there's trouble, God expects one thing from Christians, and that's what I'm teaching. When there's trouble, there's just one thing the Lord expects. Hide in the Lord. Run, you can run into him. You can run. That's why it's called a refuge. Like they open the door, you run it, and then they close it. That's why he's described as an impregnable rock. How did he say it again? Or impenetrable rock. There's an expression that is used. So you hide in him. Nothing can come inside. Don't ever think you can hide in anything outside. Now, let me get that the main thing I'm trying to say now. So there's trouble, how do you react? People will sit down and say, okay, I was saying earlier, but this country, say, okay, but you have this amount of income. Look at the houses you have. Look at what you have. No! This country, you don't know what is going to happen tomorrow. So what are you going to do? I am getting out, I'm going somewhere else. To where you know what will happen tomorrow? Are you out of your mind? May God have mercy on Ukraine, Amen. Yeah, may God have mercy on Ukraine. Now, why am I saying so? Do you know, <laughs> until two years ago, of course, a little over a year ago, the war has been going on for about 11 months now. About how many months? Okay, good. So by 11 months now, they've been fighting. So just a year and six months ago, do you know my brethren would have sold houses to go to that country? And there is this lie people lie to themselves. It's in Ukraine. They can't reach UK. The difference between Ukraine and UK is rain. If the rain of God's wrath comes on any country, Abby, UK, Ukraine, what's the difference? Rain. If God were to rain his wrath, that's what I'm making, he can rain his wrath on anybody. In fact, now, I'm not prophesying. I'm speaking out of understanding. I have this conviction in my heart that he's going to show you his mercy. All right? But he intends to rain his wrath on the rest of Europe. And the matter is like that of Israel and Judah. And he will say, you will watch me do something the rest of Europe. 
And I want you to take instruction. And you have less than a generation before I bring it to you. I doubt that you'll be up to a generation, maybe probably like two years, three, five years. Because what God expected was that by the time the Assyrians took away northern Israel, he said, Judah, look at what has happened to your sister. Take instruction and repent. And they did not. So he sent the Babylonians against them. So that northern Israel till today, they disappeared. Their tribes, they call them the lost tribes of Israel. Some of them came back in Samaria, later thoroughly mixed. So badly mixed were they with the rest of the Gentiles that the Jews that returned to that land did not recognize them as the people of God anymore. So that's why that woman said to Jesus, you are talking to me, a Samaritan. They are the ones they call Samaritans. Please, I hope you are following what I'm saying. So nobody should tell you, you can run somewhere where there will be no trouble. It's not true. Let me tell you another thing you should understand. As a Christian, all your troubles are divinely commanded. They are not satanically determined. They are divinely commanded. Are you saying Satan has no hand? He has the same hand he has in everything. Which is what? Tempt you and accuse you. That's all. It's the same hand he has. God has to, you know, and that is one thing. I know many people who teach some doctrines, especially if they don't agree with me. But please, brethren, I also learned that thing you know. Except that after having read the scriptures again and again after all these years, I realized that that thing that you and I know is not complete. It's inaccurate. We were told God only allows, he doesn't cause. I sat and read my Bible. I said, people only make such statements because they did not bother to read the whole counsel of God. They only read a portion. If you read the whole thing, you know it's not true. God never allows like that. Or he hardly allows. Sometimes he does. Okay? But it's a rarity. Even when he allows, the allowance is carried out according to his decree. Many people get fixated in this issue of Job. That Job... His problem was caused by Satan. I said, no, you didn't read it well. First, the whole idea was God's idea. Have you considered my servant Job? That's where it began from. Number two, after Satan made his accusations, offered up his accusations before God, God now issued a decree. Told him what he will do. And he told told him how far he could go. To be able to destroy Ahab. God had to issue a decree. He said, who will entice Ahab to go to Ramoth Gilead? I want him to be destroyed there. And one spirit said, I will do this. And God said, okay, you, what are you saying? He said, I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets. That's not the gist. The gist is that God now said, all right, good. Now go and do as you have said. And now succeed in that which you have planned. That, those two decrees had to be issued. Otherwise, that spirit was fooling itself. My emphasis, brethren, if 100 people go to jail and you are one of them, the reason why 99 went and the reason why you are going is not the same. Amar Miyota. The reason why you are going and the reason why 99 are going, they're not the same. 99 are going because their names are non-Joseph. You are going because your name is Joseph. Did you catch that? Yes, sir. 
Do you think Joseph went to Potiphar's jail randomly? Do you think it was Mrs. Potiphar that caused it? No, think about it now. Was it Mrs. Potiphar? It was not Mrs. Potiphar. Do you think it was Potiphar himself? No. A spirit entered into that woman. She couldn't help herself anymore. And that spirit was commanded by God. I want my son to go into prison. Why? He, le- he has some more lessons to learn about preserving life. The next set of lessons will be found only in jail. This wicked girl, come. You will do that job for me. And it played out. And God refused to deliver him because the deliverance would not have been good for all of us. I hope you're getting my point. So there's no trouble that comes to the believer that is not decreed by the Almighty. I didn't say again, I keep on saying this again and again, especially because of those who have not heard me preach before, and they hear me say things very you know, opposite to what many preachers of faith say. And they say, Pastor Bang, you are also teaching faith. Yes, let's get it clear. I did not say it's the will of God. I said it's a decree. The will of God is that which occurs, like we say in chemistry, under standard temperature and pressure. And you know, the temperature is never standard. Neither is the pressure ever the way it desired to be. So God combines his will with the things he sees around. And some other factors like our intercessory prayers and supplications. And he issues forth a decree. But at the end of the day, no matter what causes it, if that fellow truly loves the Lord, God will make all things work together for good for that individual. Are you aware that it would have been a bad idea for Potiphar to have listened to Joseph and said, Joseph, I trust you? True us. It would have been a bad idea. Are you aware that it would have been a useless idea, terrible idea, if the cup bearer had remembered Joseph Three months after I left that prison. Say, my Lord, what's going on in this country? When I was in jail, my eyes see. Waiting Musa no go see for gate. Oga, my eyes see. When I got to prison, I saw a Hebrew boy. Handsome boy. Righteous boy. His master's wife lied against him. And is in jail because of Potiphar. That's your chief security officer. Eh? Sir, call Potiphar. Potiphar, what happened? Did you investigate? Did you call DSS on the matter? They should have interrogated them. They will now call Joseph. You know, if they had called Joseph, you know what would happen? They would have compensated him and given him a meal. And he will ride him back to his father's house. And then, if, then he would have told his brothers, Oh, I ain't forgiving nobody. That forgiveness came. The ability to forgive them only came because he had reached the height. He now realized that they were instruments in the hands of God. If they had only returned him back home on a meal. <laughs> he would have known that all these years I spent there was for nothing. But it was easy to forgive. When they arrived, he was wearing the gold rings of Egypt. And like... Who are these people? It does like this. Three Egyptians will bow. It does like it was in his glory. When you enter your glory, you forgive all your enemies. <laughs> Especially when the evil they did is the reason why you are where you are now. 
It's so easy to forgive. Imagine somebody, you know, push out of the car on the express road. They let you car, you pay though. Say, I'm not going again. Left you there. As you turned around like this, you found a bag of diamonds. And they wrote on it, this belongs to whoever finds it. And you go and cost it. Everything just came, not too much, just about $3.5 million. Now see that driver. You buy him a new car. <laughs> he says, I'm very sorry. So I said, don't worry, don't worry. The Lord was using you. Amen. But believe me, if you are trekked back home, <laughs> and you know how scripture you had, when you catch that guy, you are going to throw him for the second Niger Bridge. <laughs> the Lord is good. Now, what I'm going to say is that, so we all agree now that it would have been a bad idea if that man had remembered Joseph three months after he left prison. He needed to forget him for two more years until the time that his word came. There is a time. Do you get my point? So that's what I mean. When I said that, look, if 100 people go to jail and you are one of them, 200 people go to jail, one of them, the reason why the other people are going is not your problem. All the afflictions of the believer is personally commanded by the Lord. So if you want afflictions retraced, you go to the Lord and say, Lord, what is going on? Eli will say, no one says, where is God my maker? So you get on your knees and say, my maker, please, if I have sinned against you, you do. Have mercy. Say this punishment, eh? Lord, let me not lie to you, it's plenty. I don't want to say it's too much, you know what you are doing, but I think it's too much, but I don't want to say it. Can you just cut it small? You cut a few scriptures for him. Yeah, this day was supposed to be seven days, but you cut it to three and a half. Joseph, David was supposed to suffer for three days. Didn't you cut it to one and a half? Lord, bless you, I don't cross two days safe. Not, at all, not, at all, not one and a half. Can you put an end to this suffering? Please, I want to teach again this year on how Christians should pray. Christians don't pray. I was sitting here yesterday during the co-workers meeting. I'm convinced. Right now, Pentecostals, 90% of the things they say that they call prayer is not prayer. It's babbling. And many of them who speak in tongues don't speak in tongues. They are talking gibberish. Now you know it's gibberish. They don't know what to say. I say, if God were to answer, would you even know? They don't even know what they're saying. That's not, I'm not saying that speaking in tongues is wrong. I'm not saying that. But I said most believers of today. I'm preaching this message on the, is it today's 10th? 10th of January 2023. Maybe by next month, we'll have, God will have given us a revival. Because you know what I found out? If we pray better prayers, we will see more results. Yes, that's what I mean. If we pray to God sincerely, Habba, he answers prayers. He's very faithful. He's very good. He's very faithful. He's very good. Maybe if God allows me, later on I'll talk about some reasons why we have hindrances to prayers. One of the reasons is that the answer he gives you don't like We'll come back to pray. He has given the answer. And he will never change his mind for, for your good. He, no, his mind he won't change. Because I'm say, God, I don't have work. I don't have work. If he tells you, look, go and take this job. You look, that's not what my mates are doing. That's the end of the discussion. Pray from that to tomorrow. That's why, anyway, that's why I keep on teaching on this prayer matter. Eh? Because there are conditions for receiving his answers. He always answers prayers. Let me not go, go into that now. If you go to the Lord sincerely, You'll be amazed at the amount of results he will give. 
I mean, some of the most dramatic testimonies I personally have heard in recent times. One I shared here, that time I was ill sometime. Was it the year before? Was it last year? It was 2020. 2021. Yeah, 2021, yes. 2021, yeah. The year before the last. Almost two years now. Time flies. That is, my wife would just point out something like, you're not sleeping. I said, I'm sleeping. He said, no, you're not sleeping. Every time I open my eyes, you're up. You are the real. I said, ah, that's true. I'm not sleeping now. So I, just, I told her, don't worry. You sleep. And I turned. I said, Lord, you heard that. I, I think my wife is right. I've not been sleeping, really, for days. I said, Lord, I need to sleep. Please help me. Then I opened my eyes. And everywhere was quiet. No, nobody around. Everywhere was quiet. Let's make a long story, story short. That was six hours after. That was six hours after. I asked my wife. You know, when she, she called later that, I picked the phone. How are you? I said, I'm fine. He said, sorry, we left the house when you were sleeping. He said, you were sleeping so soundly. He said, you were sleeping so deeply. I felt it to be out of order to wake you up. She allowed me to sleep so my own past national called. The last I remember was just telling the Lord. My wife said, I'm not sleeping. And I think it's true. I need to sleep. Please help me. That is, I just said that, then I opened my eyes. But between that last statement and the opening of the eyes was six hours. That was the time that fever wouldn't let me sleep properly. That's before that. My body's hot this moment, it's cold next moment. I was so uncomfortable. I said, Lord, I beg. This is not good. I'm not feeling good. And I asked him simply, the Lord is a real person. I said, Lord, you know, God, he knows I'm a doctor, actually. I hope he knows he knows that. So I took, I think, I had a tablet of ibuprofen or two tablets of paracetamol and I asked him. I opened it, kept my hands, said, Lord, is it okay? Can I take it? Would this, will you use this? You know, like, do I take this? Because I know it's supposed to work. It works with fever. And something in my spirit said, no. So I just dropped it there. And I laid down. And the, figure, the fever broke. That is, 30 minutes later, it broke and it never came back until I fully recovered. I just dropped the tablet, like, in my mind, like, you don't want me to take it, no problem. I just drop it and I went and lay down. You know the truth? God answers prayers. I'm talking about a refuge. When there's trouble, people react different ways. How do people react? Let's talk about economic trouble again. They look at what is going to happen to this country. What is going to happen? So what are we going to do? Get the visa and get out. You want to hear the word of the Lord if you're a Christian? That is an insult to God. You don't like that idea. See, People have different fears in life. There's one I can confess. I've confessed to the Lord, all right? One fear I have in life, eh? The fear of God is a fundamental thing. I'm talking about some things I don't want to experience. The idea of being trapped. I don't know whether I get my point. Being trapped. That is, I make a decision. I get to a point, I can't go forward. I can't go backwards. I say, Lord, don't let it happen to me. And the Lord said, in effect, Frankie, it's not going to happen if you just follow my leading. If you go your own way, you go trap, you go lock, they go check. That is, <laughs> if you make your own decisions and kindle your own fire, this you will have of my hand. You will lie down in torment. Let's do that scripture. It's Isaiah that was speaking. He said, this you have of the hand of the Lord, you will lie down in what? Torment. Isaiah chapter 50. For time's sake, let me just read there from verse 10. Who is among you that fears the Lord? That obeys the voice of his servant? 
that walks in darkness and has no light. Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. Behold, all who kindle a fire, that is their own fire, who encircle themselves with fire brands. Say, go ahead. Walk in the light of your fire. And among the brands you have set ablaze, it's their own fire. Say, but know this. This you will have from my hand. You will lie down in what? Torment. Go back to verse 10. You'll see what he said. You fear the Lord, yet you walk in darkness and have no light. What does he mean by that? You fear the Lord, you don't steal. I hope you're getting my point. You fear the Lord, you don't cheat. You fear the Lord, you don't do anything wrong. Yet things are not working. They say, give bribes. I don't give bribes. I ain't going to give bribes. The word of God says, you don't get jobs. You don't get contracts. You don't have money. Nobody's patronizing you because everybody that brings a job how much is your work? He says 150,000 naira. All right, write 250. My organ will pay. Or our office will pay. He says, I'm sorry, I cannot write 250. My job is 150. So we won't give it to you. They give it to your neighbor. And know they will keep on giving your neighbor because the guy is cooperating. If the Lord allows me, I will teach on this. But since it's in my mind, let me mention it. That's what the Bible calls the day of the Lord. Mark it. That's what the Bible calls the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord eh, has two sides, a double edged sword. The day of the Lord is the day he judges the wicked for their iniquity and bless their uncompromisingly righteous, according to Amplified Bible, for their steadfastness in righteousness. Now that day, sometimes is far. You can do righteously for five years. It's not producing anything. You know why? Because the day of the Lord has not come. And you will see the wicked prosper in their unrighteousness. Do you know why? Because the day of the Lord has not come. People don't realize it's not every day God judges wickedness. It's not every day. It's not every day. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not every day. Most of them he strolls by just marking it. Anytime you see people on the streets, a few of them are angels. They literally come to the market and they mark. When God is judging, he judges with physical people. He sends his spirits to come around wearing flesh. They go around to the market, you cheat them. You know, there are policemen that go for what they call extortion duty. They've extorted angels. They have locked up angels unawares. You know, some people welcome angels unawares. Some people have locked up angels unawares. And the angel just wanted to see how wicked you are. So God didn't do anything. Say, I know, but your neighbor said, you go give me 100K. So he locks. The angel will just lie down there. If you say anybody you lock up that's not crying, release him. He knows something you don't know. You see, the man is not afraid of you. Just say, bros, now play. Oh. Say, bros, now play. Please, just tell Augustine, now play. But then he say, I'm going to wait now. See, you go tell Augustine, now play. Yeah, because no angels go around, they mark things. They mark things. They mark up and down. They measure. They check iniquity. They wait. They come to court. They sit down. They wear a lawyer's garb. They negotiate. They watch judges that take bribes. They record everything. They do. That's what they call the day of the Lord. That's when their records are brought out. Now, but the people don't know. Because the iniquity is not quickly judged, the Bible says, therefore men persist in doing unrighteousness. They don't know that the reason why God does not judge iniquity quickly is very funny. It's a very funny reason. It's so that he can destroy the wicked man totally. 
He said, take my people out. Go into Egypt. Why? The iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. Let them continue their sins. Israel was there for a long time. He said, let them pack up their sins. The sins heaped up for generation to generation. Sometimes people get personal judgment. Then societies get their judgment. So individuals are getting, because they don't worry. Don't worry about it. Then their clan, their tribe, their nations gather the judgment. When Israel came back, one of the things Israel had to do was to execute the judgment of God. The judgment was so intense. After Israel took the land, God said, it's not done. I'm not done with the Amalekites yet. So, Saul, come. Come and do something for me. Israel was supposed to execute the judgment of God. Most of those nations, if not all of them, there's no trace of them today. God wiped them out entirely. He said, no, I would not have been able to do it in righteousness if I did not allow their iniquity to pile up. Some people are doing evil. God said, no, leave him, leave him, leave him, leave him, leave him. He said, God, God said, listen, this kind of person, we suppose killing evil down to the roots. He said, but the amount of evil he has done, we can only kill the leaves and cut the stem a bit. And any time we leave a stem in place, it will sprout again. He said, leave him. So when I'm going to return to judge him, I will judge him to the roots. Then they will, I will leave him with no root, no branch. Bear that in mind. It's called the day of the Lord. I know what? That day will come. You can hasten it. There's a way Christians can hasten it. There's a way, there are two ways you can hasten it as believers. One, you have to continue in uncompromising righteousness. Because you know what God does? You see, what he does is this. Eh? When his people are doing what is wrong, he's compelled to be patient. Uncompromising righteousness is one way you can hasten the coming of the day of the Lord. Because one of the things God does is also watch will my people join. Ah, yes. Because you know, he has to shut down the accusations of Satan. One of the things this earth is for is to shut Satan permanently, eternally. To let the whole universe know he's wrong. He's a liar. You think it was easy? See, anything you are going through, the Lord is going through it too. You know what I said? Anything you are going through, the Lord is going through it too. What am I going to say? When Job cried, Jesus cried. Yes. Do you know the amount of agony Job felt? Women lose pregnancy. Everybody's coming from over the world to say do. And they get pregnant again. And they born the beginning. Job didn't lose pregnancy. He lost grown children. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, ten. If they were dying small, small, she would get used to it. They died, boom. One single house collapse took all of them down. The same day he lost all his wealth. Go and read Jeremiah. He said, Who was in sorrow that I did not cry with? Habba. When Jesus got to the tomb of Lazarus, did he not know he would raise Lazarus from the dead? Why was he now crying? No. Before he came, did he not say that your brother, no, before he came, he said, he was, it's not, how did he say it again? It is for your own good I'm not going now. This sickness is not unto death. Did he not say so? So why was he crying when he got there? Why was he still crying? I will tell you, because the pain that Mary and Martha felt reached his heart. Even though he knew what would happen. But he couldn't help it. Why am I saying all of this? Okay, the Lord felt the pain. 
and he still allowed Job to pass through everything. Do you know why? Because he had to shut the mouth of that accuser permanently. He had to shut the mouth of that accuser who was going around blabbing. This way they never do anything unless God gives back to them. They will never give unless God promises you give them. Can you see how many of us pastors are working for Satan? All their righteousness is because of what they are going to get. She's been giving, giving, like one man said, pushing seed, pushing seed. He don't give, 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 give. Satan goes to God. You know why he's giving? Because I don't want to know. Because Satan knows, God knows, and God doesn't want to enter that discussion. It says, because pastor said he will give back to him. He's only thinking of himself. He is not giving out of love. That was a kind of accusation that God was hearing. If you know the principle of time, God has been hearing that thing since that time, even before we did it. He was hearing it. So God said, okay, 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 how do I shut this guy up? He looked and finally found a man. And said, this man, you know what you are going to do? You are going to suffer. So I can shut this guy up. So Satan now cannot make that statement as of today against the people of God as a whole. He can make it against individuals, but against the body of Christ as an entity. That has been settled. Who settled it? Job. Job settled that. Like a pastor told me us then, he said God kept the book in the Bible so that the saints, their backsliding will be cured eternally. So what do you want to go through now? God said, go and read the book of Job. He not say he will do anything good for you. He just say, read, did Job curse me? No, did Job deny me? He's why I'm asking that I, I asked God for something. Did not, did not do it. I won't serve God again. God said, you never wanted to serve. Those who wanted to serve, they suffered. They still served. When they suffer, reach one limit. All they said is, though he slays me, yet I will still trust him. What am I trying to emphasize? So there's what is called the day of the Lord. God knows what he's doing. He allows the people of iniquity to continue until that day comes. He's checking whether the people of God will continue in uncompromising righteousness until the day of the Lord. Like I said, I wanted to just mention that briefly. I won't discuss it in detail now. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. So, when we have calamities, calamities do happen, I've explained that. Troubles do happen, I've explained that. What are we supposed to do as believers? You know, I read all of this by trying to say something. You know, that one I was passing this comment on Isaiah chapter 50 here. That it's possible to do righteousness, to obey the voice of the Lord, yet walk in darkness and have no light. Now, the darkness here is talking about experience. Doing righteousness but not prospering materially. Being in, the, being in business, how everybody is making money. You say, I can't do it like that. And people say, if you don't do that, you'll not be able to compete. You say, yes, I know. But I also will not be able to pray if I do it. And it's from God, I'm asking for a blessing. I'm sorry, I can't. So filling stations, instead of delivering for you 10 liters, they give you 9. They give you 8.5. You say, I have to deliver 10 liters for 10. Why? Because an unjust weight is an abomination in the eyes of God. That's the only reason why you're doing it. Why? God says it's an abomination. If you tell somebody, I'll give you 10 kg, 
And if it's 9.8 and you know, God says it's not right. Make it up to 10. You're selling gas. You're selling food. You're selling fuel. Whatever it is that have measures. Measure it properly. You are not allowed to undercut for any reason. For no reason. Christians are not even allowed to sell wrongly labeled products. They say made in Germany. I know this is from Xinjiang province of China. When you buy your own, use marker. Cancel the made in Germany. I said, brother, don't mind them. I said, but they're not made in Germany. I said, bros, don't mind those people. Then don't expect anybody to now start singing your praises around. That's what he said. Who, has, who is it that obeys the voice of his servant? Yet he walks in darkness and has no light. He said, what is he supposed to do? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. Now, what some other people do, and that's, what, that's actually the main thing I was trying to say. They kindle their own fire. They stop relying on the Lord. They say, things are hard. This is how everybody is doing it. Don't ever forget, broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many people are working on it. If you see everybody using the same solution to everything, you don't need to pray. It's wrong. People of the world, everybody. If they say, we are working in Uganda, say, now let's move to Abuja, and everybody is going, just go and pray first. Say, I will move in one year time, one year's time, when nobody is going again. Because broad roads don't come out well. What is he supposed to do? He says he's supposed to rely on the Lord. Listen to me if you are a child of God. Now let me say this one categorically, prophetically. You are not allowed to change jobs. You are not allowed to change location. You are not allowed to do any of this until you have prayed and you have sought godly counsel because change like that can run you into trouble. Faith does not mean I claim location. In the name of Jesus, I'm about Father God as I'm going to the American embassy. I declare about the word of the Lord that they will, where did the word of the Lord say to give you the visa? Show me the scripture. People say by the word of I said, who said so? The first time I got an American visa, I've, I've given the testimony so many times, my wife's tired of hearing it, but I will give it again. I've not told the story as much as Ken Higgins told his own stories. And those men are our mentors, so the godly ones of this land, they are my hero. So I'll tell my story again. The first time I was going to apply for American visa, I was going for a course for about a month. People of God. Of course, everything they say do, they say put money in your account. I said no. Why? Because the money is not my own. The money is not normally not it's not it's not normally there. To be for, to be falsehood. If it's like I normally move money around. I can say, okay, leave it there for some time. The only money that used to enter that account is federal government of Nigeria, UNA salary. Shh, she I'm borrowing money to put there. And believe me, when that tough lady, that the head of that unit, she was the one that interviewed me. She has been denying everybody visa. They called, there was one soft white girl that was supposed to interview me. When it was my turn, the girl just put coffee break in front of her like this and got up and left. Then this lady said, next. There was one young lawyer beside me. She shouted, he shouted, yeah. And I remember I looked at him. I said, what? 
God is my witness. I'm not lying. This I looked at him. I said, what? He and I have been gisting all the while. We sat next to each other. or the same, you know, just next to each other on the queue. I said, what? I said, watch this. And I got up and went. The only problem is I couldn't see him afterwards. Because once I was done, I left. I don't want to repeat the story again. Of course, she gave me the visa after she saw my bank balance. I almost collapsed. Saw the account. She looked at me. She looked at the paper in, my hand, in her hand again. Looked at me. And I said, what's the problem? I asked her the question. I said, what's the problem? She said, it's your bank balance. I said, what's wrong with it? She said, it's too low. I said, yes, now. It's my salary account. I'll spend the money inside. The very statement I gave the lady, I said, you asked me whether I was the salary account, and I said, yes. And they paid the money in, and I spent it. I said, I only brought it to show you where I work. That was it. She literally folded her hand like this, and was looking at me. She folded her hand like that, was looking at me. Like, which kind of creature is this one? I remember I told her. I said, I could have put money inside that place to, to, to impress you. I said, but what would be the point? I, I used those words. I said, I could have put money in there to impress you. I said, but what would be the point? I'm going for a course. I said, how will you pay for the course? I said, it's sponsored. Give all the papers. You guys is giving me $3,500 for it. So what's the, what is it? What's all this noise like? Listen, you can't do this, Shakara, if getting the visa matters to you. I could do that because I didn't care. That's not the story I want to tell you. The story I want to tell you is, is before I went there. Before going that day, I was about to step out of my hotel room. That's the one I just want to tell you. I just, wanted, I just got caught you know, telling that story again. I stood there. I was about to go. I, if I had gone out, I said, wait. He hit me. I had not for one moment asked God for it. So I opened the door of my hotel room again, stepped back inside, and I closed the door. And I stood at the foot of my, the bed there. I said, Lord, please, I need to talk to you. As it just hit me now, that all this preparation, printing bank statement, getting documents, sending email to the U.S., to my host institution and all of that, I've not asked you for this visa. I said, Lord, please, for the record, I would like to go. I would like the experience. So I'm asking you to give it to me. The prayer, I don't think it took up to three minutes. I hardly said more than what I have said to you now. And I left. That's when the drama now played out. Why I brought up the issue is that geographical location, change of jobs, brethren, don't try it without praying. Don't try it. Don't try it. Don't relocate yourself from one place to another without praying. If it is more money that makes you want to move, get on your knees and tell the Lord. God hates it when his children look for anything, anywhere apart from himself. He's a jealous God. He hates it when his children look for anything, anywhere apart from in him. He hates it. I use the word hate. Listen, God can give anybody anything. But if you tell him that the reason why I want to have a husband is so that I have somebody to defend me, you have sinned. If you say to God, the reason why I want to have children is so that when I'm old, they will take care of me, you have sinned. You have sinned, though. It's iniquity. 
Some people say they don't want male children. They want female children. Do you know why? Girls take care of their parents. And boys don't. Have you heard that nonsense before? I hope you don't believe, you don't believe that rubbish. If you try it, you know what God will do? It's accusation. Satan will accuse you. God will judge. And then he will give you four girls. And you'll be happy that I've made. You'll be dancing. The first girl will be so irresponsible. She'll be 45. You'll still be taking care of her. The second will be very, very responsible. Good girl. Will go and do masters in America and become a lesbian. And we swallow American spirit. Does not understand why daddy and mommy cannot move into old people's home? The third one will marry a troublemaker. And all the money she has will be used to take care of her own problems. God will just pity you. The last one will get small sense. But she'll be poor, so what can she do? <laughs> Don't try God. And please don't use your iniquity to put these children in trouble. They won't know why their lives are not straight because there's some faithless parents that they have. God would rather you say that, Lord, I want girls because I like to plead hair. It's okay. Now, do you know there are people like that? They want girls so that they can plead their hair. So that they, so they can do hairstyle. And so they will not take pictures on Instagram. God is okay with that. Say, no problem. This is my daughter. I want to take picture and put on Instagram. It's okay. He doesn't have a problem. Because he, he wasn't planning to take picture with you and go to Instagram. <laughs> so there's no competition. <laughs> there's no competition at all. The one he cannot stand is that you look for help somewhere else apart from in him. Oh, my God. He has placed a curse upon that principle. He has. That's why, as a young man, young woman, you can't even look for, I want to study this course so I can have money. God said, I'm the one that gives money. You know, a lot of people want to go and act so that they can be, you know, actors in America earn a lot of money. You know that. Even in Nigeria. Do they say earn money? Those days, they were the rich people who, when all these singing boys have driven everybody, they say one Nigerian, I won't mention his name, so they said he went and bought Lamborghini. How much Lamborghini? $500,000. A lot of them. So Nami not even know. So everyone now say, ah, I have a singing talent. Because <laughs> it's looking like you, you have a singing talent. <laughs> so I'm say they can act. Why? They've seen those days. I don't know about who's acting. And when I used to watch TV, it was it Genevieve and Omotola that was acting? And all the KOK. KOK, I'm going to acting now. I don't know. But. Okay, I see this other young man, the one that's, that's trying to glamorize in, in, infidelity and polygamy. That's my boy. You know his name. Anyway, <laughs> so that's it. They want to act. What you don't know is that Joel Clooney, I read it from him years ago, he said the average income of an American actor is $10,000 a year. That's less than minimum wage. You think those who get paid, tw- people like uh, those days of um, Julia Roberts, get paid $20 million before they even enter the set. 
So that's not, if you add their own to the other people's own, it averages $10,000 in a whole year. So everyone to become doctors so they can have money. There are many poor doctors. Very, very. <laughs> see, when you see trouble in this life, run into God. There's no help elsewhere. God has placed a curse on anything you place your hope in apart from him. The problem, a lot of people don't understand, is that the day of the Lord can be far. That is the one that scares me. I said to the Lord, please, if I disobey, judge it immediately. Don't wait till the day of the Lord. Because anytime the day of the Lord comes, it's really irredeem- the situation is irredeemable. Lord called to go and do certain assignments. Like those of us who are in ministry. From the time you are in your 30s, you want to kindle your own fire to you. God, the jail of the Lord now comes when you are 55. Is that when you want to start ministry? So frustrate me now, I beg. Cancel it now, I beg. Don't come forth with judgment that I cannot rescue anything. No. I want people to understand our God is a jealous God. Because of his jealous nature, he has placed a curse on any area or anything we use to replace what he is to us. Anything you make a refuge, he will destroy. Please ask what I will leave with you today. Bear in mind, God has released a curse on anything that you use to replace him in life. Even parents, please. If you want your children to do well, Leave them, in quote, in quote, alone. When I say leave them alone, now I don't say let them train them, so that's not what I mean. I mean that, stop making them like, ah, this children, what more they map me, that this children, this child, don't call me, you know, you know you have the children say it again, the mothers, I'm like, ah, that you are, you are my, like you are my future. Please don't do it. All. You are ruining those children. Like, ah, this child, don't kill me, like this one you are doing, you don't know you are my future. Because eh? what did you say? He said, Lord, no, no, he's not my future. I thought, hey, no, how can he be my future? He's that doesn't even know the present. Lord, leave him. He's just one of, the, one of those your children that you sent to my house for training. After I've trained you, you can have him back. Amen. Jesus will smile. Say, yeah, good girl. And you're my, ha, that was close. <laughs> you start a business like, at least let me establish this one at least. When I retire, we'll be seeing money to eat so that God can take care of me and my children. Economic crisis will kill it. So some people are asking that, so pastor, what is now remaining as the reason for us to do anything? Everything is an assignment. Everything is an assignment. Can I add this one for people? It's not everything that makes money you start looking to make money from. You know, I read, I saw one video yesterday. Of course, there's nothing new in it. The person just, he called it a great scam. If you have heard me say it before, this guy did a detailed analysis. I can forward the link to you. The great scam. How the whole cryptocurrency and NFT thing is a massive scam. Is there anything you are holding? Only hoping that somebody else will pay more for it later. It's a scam. It's because you only prosper at the expense of somebody else's loss. It's a professional. I just said, for me, the way he put it together was nice, but it wasn't new. there was nothing new. When it comes to, to concepts, I said, yeah, I've been saying this for a long time. If men wiser than me financially have said it. What am I going to say? So, how do you protect yourself so, so that you don't keep on 
you know, pouring your life, your investment, your money into things that are nothing but scam. See, just by the way, anybody who doesn't realize that this whole world is a scam, he gets problems. The whole thing people are doing, scam. Scam everywhere. The whole world, you see, people, the painful part like that man said, which I always knew. He said, do you know who suffered it? The poor. The rich, they will they arrange the whole thing, call it names. The future of money. NFTs, cryptocurrency, everything. When they finish packaging it, as you are buying, they are selling. This crazy guy, who mentioned his name. His company, one of the biggest companies in the world, never made a dime until he put all his money into cryptocurrency. I said he would never sell. Liar. Shortly after, he sold half. <laughs> made $300 million. Painful to me was that I knew that one third of that money came from Nigeria. One third, a hundred million good ones from that money came from Nigeria. From poor boys and girls, students and young people who are just trying to get rich quick. And the guy at the point in time was brandishing himself as the richest man in the world, having stolen from my brethren. What have I taught today? Please, as this year begins, we have one assignment. Dig deeper into God. As this year begins, you have one assignment, which is what? Dig deeper into God. Place your hope in him. I brought some scriptures for us to read on this refuge thing. Quickly, let me read from Psalm. Okay, Psalm 11. Let's start with that one. Psalm 11. I'll read from verse 1. He said, in the Lord I take refuge. How can you say to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? I'm going to read only that. He said, in the Lord I take refuge. How can you say to my soul? Flee as a bird to your mountain. That is, I have already taken refuge in God. Why should you offer me another place of refuge? Please, brethren, bear it in mind. I need to say this again. You know, I say it all the time. You can't go anywhere. After all, you know I was not born in Enugu. I hope you are aware of that. I was born somewhere in Edo State. Grew up there. Went to university in what is now Edo State. Then it was Bendel. When we went in there, became Edo along the line. Did my NYC somewhere in the middle of Taraba State. They went to Lagos through divine arrangement to go and learn some things. And when I was done, the Spirit revealed it to me that where you are going next, where you will start ministry. Long story high, I got to know that. And the Lord confirmed with through many manifestations. And I came to Enugu. I've traveled a bit, even though all within Nigeria. <laughs> so nothing wrong with moving. But believe me, there was never a place I moved to. Since that place is secure, that place is safe, that place will make me rich. In fact, I was studying one day in Lagos. I don't know how I got to Isaiah chapter 66 verse 12. And the version I was reading. It said, behold, I will cause prosperity to flow towards you like a river. And the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. And what, why that, what did I hear from that? It means, bank, go wherever I, have to, I want you to go. Money, prosperity, provision will follow you there. Zenugu is a safe place. You don't know why it is? We made it safe. The Lord and I. If I was not going to lay you, it's your problem. What I know, the Lord and I. <laughs> because when I came to town, they were catching people and putting in their boots. Yes. Arm robbery was high here. It was a major problem. But I kept on saying, I'll be preaching then. I said, the Lord sent me to this city. You are an agent of Satan. 
You will die. I will live. I know what happened. They died. I lived. I used to say then that, ah, don't worry. This city is going to be fine. And of course, it became very fine. Then when they began to, then Charles Ludo, current Anambra governor, he became CBN governor, that and central bank governor. And he said, one of the, no, not before him, the banks opened a certain, they gave a certain instruction that all banks that wanted to operate, I think, nationally, they had to have presence in every state. So now, banks are opening everywhere. Banks that we didn't see before. That's when GT came. Then it showed up. You know, banks are just showing up. I said, I said, I to tell my wife and I said, see, we are going to be rich. So they have come to come and get ready to carry money for us. I said, like a joke. But I have faith in God, never had faith in the city. As far as I was concerned, my presence is a blessing to the city. So every time I saw good, I said, you see, we have brought good. Even though we didn't work in banks, I did not invest money to start a bank, nothing. But anytime I saw something good, then one day they said, no, go airport, become international. I said, you see, God knows I have to fly to many places. And of course, we have an international wing. Now, even though, how many airlines do we have? Is this still one that flying international? Very soon to be two. In fact, there was one that now hubs in Lome now. Which one is that? Is it, a, is it Ethiopian Air? No, there's one particular airline now I heard of. Let me not mention that. Not like we're advertising for them. Going to the U.S. now, they don't go to their hub anymore. They just fly to one West African country, straight from there. I say, eh, person they will land in Enugu. My going to America and coming will come easier. Come on, reason I don't like traveling is all this go from here to here, what about? No, 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 I don't like it. So when the airport became international, I said, we said it, that good is coming. And you know what? More good will come. Amen. See, now they've, everybody has come, they've come down here now. Our roads are now congested. The roads become bigger. The city will expand to new heights. Amen. The point I'm making is this. I didn't come here looking for... People told me that money is in Lagos. I said, no. This is the word of the Lord to me. He said, behold, I will make prosperity flow towards you like a river. And the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. Just to emphasize again, nothing wrong with moving from one place to the other. But never, ever, this is the word of the Spirit to the children of God. Never go anywhere looking for safety or prosperity but in God. Never. 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 Now, number one, it's not available. Anything you see is a mirage. It's deception. It's a trap. It's not available. The trap will spring when you don't realize it. When you're not able to escape. Initially, it's just open. The mouth of the trap is open. Child of God on assignment, listen to this. The mouth of the trap is initially open. While it is, it is still open, please, two things. One, don't go in. Two, get out if you're already inside before it springs shut. Because when those traps spring shut, you usually can't escape again. You know what Sodom was? A trap for Lot. With all his righteousness, he could, he could not preserve his family. With all his righteousness, he could not preserve the wealth he got in Sodom. When he came out of Sodom, you know how rich he was? Zero. He had nothing. He came out of Sodom without anything. He lost his beloved wife. And those girls went mad. His two daughters. His descendants now became troublemakers. Ammonites and Moabites. God had to place a curse on them. Their descendants to the 10th generation will not enter the temple. Listen, 
It is not every open door you enter into. Listen, listen. Hmm? God has given believers many steps to make decisions. You will follow all those steps, but I want to just add something to it. Please, before you change location, before you change from one job to another, first, never resign the job in anger. Never. It vex. Please, don't resign the job in anger. You wake up in the morning, I vex. Look at the way your guy was even talking to me. Sir. Now I take a piece of paper and write. I beg to resign. Because it will provoke. You are resigning in sin. You will not be blessed like that. If they put you on punishment, go and serve it out first. Come back, calm your head, work for under three months. Then give them two months notice. And then go. If you have to. Don't be rational in making resignation decisions. God will correct your head with hunger. I hope you are getting my point. If they annoy you in an office, it's because you think you are too big. <laughs> I was talking about one guy that used to work for my wife today. I called him the most foolish human being I've met. That's not true. I've found people more foolish than him. But it's definitely in the top 95%. But the top 5%. Come work now. He says he's not coming. Why? That they cut him money. I said, but now you take salary advance. <laughs> I think he forgot. Honestly. <laughs> and then, no. This is not part of my message. This is just gist. Don't be angry with what I'm about to say. There are some reactions that are not allowed when you are poor. You are angry. There's no food in the house. You are angry. <laughs> you are angry. You have not paid your rent. You are angry. You should eat humble pie. You buy the humility. Eat it. Your mind, oh God. Now, what do you do, man, like this? You can't resign when you have not bought yam. You've not bought beans. You've not bought rice. You have a wife. You have three children. Four. Say, oh God annoyed me. Your wife should. <laughs> what kind of nonsense is that? People are better than you. They are, nobody will annoy them. They humble themselves to go and earn money. Honestly, <laughs> you know, I've seen human pride before. Human. Some people go to a place where they are not the one that's the company. See where they are raising shoulder. Or guys say, come and do something. They say, oh, guys, pass four. So the man says, why is it pass four? Our contract is that I stop working at four o'clock. You quote contract for the man who employed you, God will punish you. He will, personally. He will, he will, he will humble you by himself. I've seen people do it before. And then they say, me, I know they take nonsense. So. Yeah, I love Americans. They say you are so fired. <laughs> I don't get it. No, I've seen people do things. I've just been wondering. Say, hey. now this is not about my message. You are just gisting, okay? When you are walking the place, eh? please try not to leave. And everybody's angry. That is, you can't greet each other tomorrow. It's not good. Live nice. Now, it doesn't mean you are wrong. Go. It doesn't mean they are right. I hope you're getting my point. One guy was working for my wife that time. When they was talking talk there, I told the guy, I said, let me just call his name. John. His name is not John, all right? He came to see me to come and complain some things to me. When he finished, I looked at him. I said, you're missing one point. He said, what? I said, this is not about right and wrong. This is about who's the boss. You hear what I said? I told him, I said, it's not about right and wrong. It's about who's the boss. And I'm going to rule here to let you know you are not the boss. Now you go and do what you are told. 
Then when you have done it, we cannot decide later. Was it good? Was it bad? Nobody says you should go and commit sin. They say do work. And try to calculate that if you do that work, it will be too hard for you to do. Now, trust me, he was wrong. Okay? Trust me, I won't lie to you. He was very wrong. But I didn't argue with him that he was wrong. Because the guy loved to argue. So I knew I was not going to get anywhere. I said, oh boy, let's just get this right. This argument is not about right and wrong. It's about who invested money to start this establishment. Who put an advert out? Who signs the checks? Who owns the property? That's all. Who's the boss? If you can't get it into your head, you may as well stop working here. I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about the average Christian. Because he use of boju. No, but you get company. You are quoting... <laughs> You are quoting international labor organization rules. Did your guys say subscribe to them? <laughs> I, who am I talking to? In case you want to resign your job tomorrow, I forbid you. Go back to work. Foolish boy. <laughs> one day, one brother came to see me one day from Abuja. I said, what is it? He said, so it's, Oga transferred him from, you know, is a lawyer, from those who draft contracts, corporate law. I sent it to litigation. I said so. I said, I don't like court. I said, my friend, get up and go to work. He looked at me. I said, that's the end of the discussion. He, he traveled from Abuja to hear that. Your guy said you should go to court. I said, so why are we having this discussion? I don't like court. I said, neither do I. But <laughs> you are the one working for a law firm. Go there first. People don't understand. What do you want me to advise you that you should resign? No. They didn't say you should commit any sin. You do, do you know what God is training you to do? Okay, you, you think... Joseph, like going to jail? Say, Pastor Banky, please, I've been transferred to prison. I'll see you. I'll be joining you, by, I'll join you online from prison. No. Joseph also come and see me. He says, I'm going to jail. What am I going to do not to go? I told the guy, my brother. I said, go back to work. Just go back. He was surprised. I said, no, that's what I have to tell you. Go to work. After six months, maybe we can discuss. But the day you are transferred, lie, lie. I'm not going to do it. Let's pray. Do you have any seed? Hunger makes pastors preach. Because if I needed money that day, and I don't know where it's coming, and he brings his seed, say, Pastor, this is yours, Andre K. You will not go to court. You will not go to court. God will not destroy the two of us. Is it good? <laughs> I said, no. I just told the guy, my brother, go back to work and do as your boss has said. Didn't say you should commit anything, did he? No. Go and work. You'll be amazed at the door. God is using that one to open for you. you you'll be amazed. I just feel like dropping that for somebody. I don't know who I'm talking to because a lot of people don't understand some of these basic things about life. Anyway, let me summarize everything I've said today. All right, we'll pray next time. Let's go today. What I've tried to bring out for us today, brethren. Okay, now this last thing I was saying is before you change jobs, before you change location, please. No, first. Purify your heart. Follow all the rules which I laid out in that book. Um, guided by the Spirit. Please, if you are listening to this, you've not read it, it's free to download. All right? When I recommend books, it's so that you can read them. Not because we want to sell them. They are free to download. Guided by the Spirit. Just go to our book section. Click. On there you will see the long list. Almost of our books are there, apart from one or two. All right? About two or three or so. Just click on that one. It's a small thing. Download your material. Read it. 
and practice it. You must read. This year you must be a disciple. I don't want to start that teaching now. But you must be a committed disciple. You know what a disciple is? A student that's trying to learn something. You must be a committed disciple. Everything you are learning, you are learning with the intent of practicing. You are bringing it to your life so you can walk by it. So read the book, Guided by the Spirit. And please pray. And ask specifically, should I go or should I not go? I hope you're getting my point. If you want to take a new job, ask, should I take or should I not take? You want to relocate from one city to another and from one country to another. Brethren, that is a crucial prayer you must pray. Lord, do you, are you saying this or is just everybody is doing it so I want to do it? Ask that question sincerely. Listen to me. I'm not promising that if you do what God is saying, you will not be rich wherever you stay. I didn't say so. There's no promise of abundant wealth. The promise is about abundant provision. That anything you need will be supplied. I hope you're getting my point. If all my mates are going to Saudi Arabia and I say I'm not going, it doesn't mean God's a banky. Whatever Muhammad bin Salman is paying in Saudi, I shall give you in and go. You are not going, you are not going. That's what it means. Whatever you have here, manage it. But can I assure you, you will not go hungry. And if you are going to go hungry, it's just a fasting thing. You will recover. Yeah, that's, that's what God is saying. I can assure you, you will have food to eat. You will have water to drink. You may have to fetch the water from the well. Yeah, people think that when God says you have water, it just means that I'm going to go higher. Since I came to Enugu, public water never entered my house. I only have pipe bone water during rainy season. Some of you in America, you're like, Pastor Banky, you serious? I'm very serious. One day, my brother and I were watching television. We were watching um, Turning Point. And I said, coming up. Have you ever been without water for 24 hours? You're about to meet a family that's been without water. But, you know, my brother and I. <laughs> I'm not joking. My brother and I. Without discussing, we both fell down. No, that is, we both fell back. We're sitting on the floor, you know, on the rug, and watching TV. Both of us just fell backwards. I started laughing. We laughed so hard. We said, turning point. You are meeting people that have not had five water in their whole life. <laughs> We're watching you from here. Well, I've had a bit, you know, when I was in school, when I was young now, those days, those early days, those of us in Nigeria, those days, you know, it was quite common. What I used to flow, you just open the tap, rushing, we could fill the bucket in, just open, the pressure was so, because, you know, pump the water regularly. Since I came to Enugu, I never see him. Those days, this is my son here, Akinlu. When I was a little boy, I would go to Bini. The boy can pee. Why? So he can flush the toilet. Every 30 minutes he has gone to tell he wants to go and pee. What are you doing? I want to I want to be I want to be is a lie. The boy will just drop two people. Like, oh, he's flushed toilet. It's not his fault. He's from Enugu. <laughs> well, that is good. But have you noticed? It didn't stop me. It didn't stop him from growing. It did not stop me from writing my books. It did not stop me from preaching my messages. 
It didn't stop me. If I have to be fetching my water in buckets, I will continue to fetch my water in buckets. It's not a big deal. No, I had the, I had the my, mother was not there yesterday. I called my children because they traveled to Benin. They came back. I said, "Brethren, please let us realize this is a no good. This is not Benin. You were not there that time." I I said, "Please, God is a God of abundance." They said, "Amen." I said, "But Jesus also expects us to be prudent." I said, Get, "He said, gather up the remnants. Let nothing be wasted." I told them, "You have come back to Enugu now. Each time you see water here." 25,000, I give tanker. Oh, it's now 30, thank you. So now 30K, I give tanker. I said, your grandfather doesn't give anybody anything. They, just, they have pipe inside the ground. All they do is pay electricity people. They pump the water. They don't pay the original to drill and dress it. I said, each bucket here, the money of God is inside. So you guys will act responsibly. As if he's drinking, drink all you want. But any other thing, you will decide. Is it time to pee or it's not time to pee? <laughs> I didn't say that one. I'm just that. <laughs> a lot is good. No I, no, I gave them a lecture because they've been there for some weeks before they get used to anyhow. Now, so one day, one of our sisters came to our state overnight. Her driver in the morning wanted to wash car. I was in my bedroom. I just hear, that guy will fill the bucket of water. I just put the water. Ah! It was rainy season, quite all right. Yet, mm-hmm. I said, "What?" After I heard that like five times, now I open window. I said, "Hey, my guy, my guy, my guy." On, I said, "Oh boy, this is not Asaba. You know Asaba? It just near River Niger." If you put two-inch pipe, you can, you can pump one million liters of clean water. I said, wait, 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 wait. He said, sorry, sir. I said, hey, please, please, please. You can wash the car, but please, you will use a bowl, use a piece of, and then you massage the motor. This is what you are doing like this. <laughs> but that is good. The point I'm making is this, see. But you know what? We are never thirsty. We always have water to do everything we have to do. We will not be flowing in abundance, but God will supply what we need. He will supply what we need. He will supply what you need. Remember, don't look for safety. Don't look for prosperity anywhere else but in God. If you do, he will put his curse on that thing you are using to replace him. That's one thing I want to say to you today. But next time maybe I'll go into teaching How we dig further into God. How we hide inside that refuge. There are a number of points. I'll just run through them. Number one, we recall his promises to mind. We'll read that in the scriptures next time. We soak ourselves in those promises. Then we cast our burden upon him in simple prayer. And make specific requests as necessary. And then we give thanks. Last of all, you start looking up. Because your redemption indeed draws near. God will open a door of opportunity for you. Through which you will know indeed he is a God that is watching over you. Bow your heads and just give him thanks. For this new year.
new season of living only in the Lord. We have to live by his promises. That's, to, that's how to abide in him. Thank you, Lord, for how we've started this year. Just give the Lord thanks. Give the Lord thanks. Again, you've strengthened our hearts. Thank you. Just thank you. And again, just say to him, you are my refuge. You are my hiding place. You are my rock. The rock being a source of supply and also we can hide there. So let's thank the Lord that is indeed our refuge. No, say to him, he wants to hear you say that. Say, Lord, you are my refuge. You are my refuge. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your word this evening. We give you praise for.